The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 393 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is what family caregivers should know about pharmacies and pharmacists. In the USA, for decades, pharmacists have been one of the few healthcare professionals that lack recognition in federal law as healthcare providers. Nearly all other healthcare professional services are covered by Medicare laws including services provided by chiropractors, midwives, and dietitians, but not services provided by pharmacists. The American Pharmacists Association and its members are calling on Congress to pass a bill that would amend the Social Security Act to enable Medicare beneficiaries to access pharmacist-provided services. These services would then be reimbursable if they were provided to patients in medically underserved communities and if the services are consistent with state scope of practice laws. Pharmacists in Canada are positioned as the medication management experts of the healthcare team. They collaborate with patients, their families and other healthcare providers. Their role is expanding, so they deliver services that include medication reviews, chronic disease management, immunization services, and wellness programs. Most provincial governments in Canada have approved prescribing by pharmacists with varying degrees of authority, aimed at convenient refills, faster prescription changes, and collaborative medication management. All of which is why our topic, what family caregivers should know about pharmacies and pharmacists, is important for family caregivers and their family members. To discuss it, our guest is Bill Brown. Bill's current focus is methadone maintenance treatment. A registered pharmacist, he holds the BSc in pharmacy. As a senior business executive, his career included international business development services to Express Scripts, Inc., the third largest USA pharmacy benefits management company. Prior to that, he was president and CEO of Aetna Health Management Canada, which introduced managed care principles to large Canadian corporations. He was also president and CEO of First Canadian Health, created to manage the federal benefits program for Canada's First Nations peoples, 
And this was a unique relationship between the federal government, the Tribal Council's investment group of Winnipeg, Manitoba, and Aetna Life. From 1990 to 1997, he was president and CEO of Columbia Healthcare, Inc., a company he founded and expanded into the largest provider of private rehabilitation services with 33 clinics across Canada. And prior to that, he was president and CEO of Medis Health and Pharmaceutical, Inc. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you, Gordon. Right. Now, first question. Please tell us more about your life and career as a pharmacist. Bill? Well, thank you, Gordon. Well, I think you've described my uh, background uh, quite well. I guess perhaps the, uh, the over, uh, overarching uh, thing I would like to say is I've always been in healthcare. I've always been interested in the economics of healthcare uh, rather than perhaps the clinical part, although lately that I've been involved in methadone, I'm, I'm starting to get uh, more involved in some of the clinical aspects. But generally, I've been always very interested in healthcare. Uh, we all know that healthcare is, uh, is, uh, is a big problem for society. As the demographics indicate, we have an aging population and uh, more demanding populations, and more therapies are coming along. That's uh, the level of healthcare. We want to we want to maintain it at the highest level, but yet we can't afford it. So we're always looking for ways to get more uh, out of the same buck. So probably that's the pervasive um, the pervasive aspect of uh, my approach. Um, I, I sort of came back to pharmacy late in life, and I'm now involved in uh, methadone maintenance, which is again uh, a preventative type of program where we treat um, we, we treat uh, persons who have opioid addiction, and we try to ameliorate the costs of uh, that particular disease state on society uh, by by uh, by providing methadone. And, uh, and social services, which keep people uh, on, a, on a more uh, even lifestyle. Right. So uh, I think that's probably uh, summarizes my approach, at least to healthcare and pharmacy. But I have more to say about pharmacies and pharmacists when we get there. Right. So let's start off then. Please tell us about the various types of pharmacies and the services they provide. Bill? Well, some of this, of course, is really obvious, and I'm sure everybody remembers the time when there was a corner, on every corner there would be a small drugstore with one pharmacist who uh, graduated and opened his own store and ran his own uh, small pharmacy. And uh, there were probably a 1,000 square feet at the most and contained most of the things that uh, people expect to find in a drugstore. Uh, medicinals and uh, but I think in, especially in America there's a, a, a perhaps even a different history it was also where you found the soda fountain uh, not so much in Canada but uh, that all changed of course after the Second World War and uh, pharmaceuticals started to be manufactured in factories and more drugs were discovered and so for the last uh, certainly half a century that um, the pharmacy has changed so today uh, we see very large mega stores 30,000 40 50,000 square feet uh, and they're called pharmacies and yet we still have uh, small pharmacies and medical buildings you know usually associated with a group of doctors and there are still independent pharmacies that are one or two, uh, one or two uh, pharmacists and, and a small staff. So uh, quite a big uh, variation. It's important to note, though, that although, uh, although the very large sort of mega food drug combo 
they may represent 50% of physical locations, they're doing about 85 to 90% of the business. So clearly, uh, the movement has been to those types of very large convenience drug food combos, uh, probably even more so in the United States than Canada. Uh, although that model is still is still favored, it's it's hard to know these days whether you're in a pharmacy that happens to have food in it, or whether you're in a food store that happens to have a pharmacy. <laughs> because they're they look pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Now, please tell us about the responsibilities of pharmacists working in the various types of pharmacies you've been talking about. Bill? Well, generally speaking, all of the graduates who work in these types of locations, uh, they all come from the same universities. And uh, today, pharmacists have a very wide knowledge base as far as medication goes. Um, you know, they don't do, in the old days, of course, they were mixers, and they compounded and, and did what they called galenicals, uh, compounding medications according to a prescribed fashion, and that was their, their only role. Uh, really, they were not even supposed to speak to the patient about what the medication was for, and if they were asked any questions, they were always told to go back to the doctor. Uh, today, that, uh, that role has changed markedly. Uh, pharmacists uh, have a very extensive uh, pharmaceutical background, and um, they're really involved in, uh, in, in determining the appropriateness of the medication. Is it the right person? Is it the right medication? Is it the right dose? Um, is it being adhered to? Uh, there's a huge problem with adherence to medication, such that you know 10% of uh, hospital admissions involve some kind of problem with uh, with drugs, and that's a pretty high percentage. Uh, drug contra- contraindications, of course, are the responsibility of the pharmacist to find out, and the pharmacist should know the whole medical profile of the patient so that they can determine whether new medications are working alongside what they're taking or causing some serious problems. As well, pharmacists are very accessible. They're very easy to find or <laughs> on every corner these days. So they're very approachable. And so uh, you know, patients are very comfortable in going up and asking them questions, which sometimes they're reluctant to do with the physician because the physician appears to be very busy and has a whole waiting room full of patients, and, and, they, and they very often leave the, uh, the doctor's office not even knowing exactly what was wrong with them or what these pills that they were prescribed are actually uh, indicated for. So the accessibility of the pharmacist is very important, and uh, they should have the time and inclination and empathy, really, to, uh, to spend time with patients and uh, answer their questions and ensure that they're comfortable with their medication and, uh, and are adhering to it and so forth. Just to ask a little bit more of a kind of awkward question, maybe for some, and that is, would he be right then to say the pharmacists are to some extent taking over the traditional role of physicians, doctors in advising um, patients and so on? Well, is that right? There, yeah, there is a bit of there is a bit, and it, 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 I wouldn't call it a conflict, but there certainly is an overlap between uh, the general practitioner 
I wouldn't say the specialist, but certainly the general practitioner in uh, in terms of uh, certainly minor ailments and uh, and when it comes to uh, you know the the purposes of the medication that is happening and there is some pushback from the medical community uh, and this is kind of worldwide too I mean it's Australia New Zealand whatever um, the world generally has a shortage of uh, physicians uh, uh, and I think that physicians have to be prepared to have. Uh, you know, other personnel assume some of the uh, some of the functions that perhaps tra- uh, physicians have traditionally had. Certainly, in Canada, here we have nurse practitioners who are doing a really bang up job of dealing with patients uh, and uh, dealing with some of the some of the less complicated aspects of um, of, uh, of common living. And most people really don't have uh, you know when they go to see the doctor. Most people have. Uh, not complicated uh, issues to deal with, and if they're if the physician is relieved of some of that uh, some of those responsibilities, it gives the physician more time to deal with the more serious issues and uh, to, and to counsel perhaps uh, their patients more on other aspects of healthy living like obesity and uh, you know smoking and, and and alcohol usage and so forth so yeah, I think that's true, Gordon. There is uh, there is a movement in that direction. Yep. Now, talking of movements in directions, um, we've come to the point where we have to take the short break, as I always say, to pay the rent. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guest is Bill Brown. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel, from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Lots of people talk about publishing their work, but have no idea where to start. If you are one of these aspiring authors or know somebody who is, don't miss Publishing Today Radio with Athena Dean Holtz. Thought leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and in general, storytellers all want to get their messages in print. And that includes branding and marketing. Athena and her guests are here to answer your publishing questions and more. Tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Bill Brown. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about pharmacies and pharmacists. So, Bill, now let's talk about the most challenging of the challenges that people encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacies. So, first question then is, what do you see as the most challenging of the challenges that patients, actual patients, encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacies? Well, this is a a very good uh, opening segue into uh, an area that uh, is of high interest to me and and a bit of a pet peeve, and that's to to distinguish between pharmacists and pharmacies. And uh, in the media, these two uh, words or terms are very often interchanged, and uh, they're really very different entities. I mean, obviously, a pharmacy is a building. It's a thing. It's, uh, It's a store with uh, shelves and inventory and uh, a lot of uh, merchandise, which is specific to healthcare, and some of it which is highly non-specific to healthcare. Uh, and pharmacies, uh, we know, as I've just described, could be, uh, you know, 1,000 square feet, a small operation, or they can be huge megastores of 30 or 40,000 square feet. So pharmacies are things. They're, they're, not, they're not human. They're not living creatures. Where, <clears throat> um, uh, whereas, whereas pharmacists are obviously people. And uh, they have uh, they have a pharmacy degree. Most uh, pharmacists now are being educated to the position to the level of uh, PharmDs, and they're highly knowledgeable about changes and about drugs, and they're highly accessible as we talked about. And moving into dealing with uh, minor ailments and prescribing and so forth. Um, I think that uh, you know pharmacies used to be traditionally um, sort of manufacturing plants in a way, or laboratories where uh, where where drugs were were actually compounded. But that's not the case anymore. This is all done obviously by manufacturers, and uh, and and therefore pharmacies are are really uh, retail outlets, and they're very different, and. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, as I say, media has often uh, overlapped these two terms, and, and uh, it must be remembered that uh, when, 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 when people are making a choice, I guess the point I'm making is when people are making a choice as to which pharmacy to go to, they really should be thinking about which pharmacist they want to go to, the ones that they're comfortable with, that they have a good relationship with. And once they establish that relationship, they should maintain that relationship so the pharmacist gets to know their lifestyles and all the medications they're on and, and uh, some of the other issues in their lives, like, for example, a big thing certainly in Canada and has been quite successful has been smoking cessation to the point where um, it used to be the majority of uh, people in Canada smoke. Today it's down in the, you know, below 20 and 30 percent. And pharmacists have played a major role in advising and in prescribing medications to help, uh, to help uh, people stop smoking. Uh, and, and the other big thing, of course, would be obesity and, and nutrition and, so, and those types of things. So really, pharmacists are people. 
They're just like any other uh, service provider. They should be picked carefully, chosen carefully, and, uh, and, uh, and, and less importance should be attributed to the pharmacy. The pharmacy is really, uh, it's a shell, it's a building, and, uh, and, and really plays no part in healthcare other than to carry the inventory that people may purchase. It's the pharmacist that's critical. Right, good, clear point. Now, what do you see, Bill, as the most challenging of the challenges the families and family caregivers of patients encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacies? Well, Bill? of course, what happens with people as they grow older, they start to take more and more medications, and it's not uncommon for you know people in their 70s or 80s to be taking 12 different medications. That's quite a bit to handle. And most people, as they get older, of course, become a little bit more forgetful. And so you've got two things uh, sort of working cross-purposes, complicated drug regimens and, uh, and a tendency to be a little bit more absent-minded. So, you know, caregivers are often given the responsibility of helping uh, an elderly parent or an elderly friend uh, with their medications. There are many things that they can do to, uh, to, uh, to help those patients and in dealing with pharmacists. Pharmacists today do uh, medication reviews uh, with patients. It's, um, it's very common for the caregiver to attend those medication reviews so that they can uh, understand the importance of taking medications at certain times of day. Um, pharmacies can today uh, Produce compliance packaging so it's easier for the patient to remember just, you know, sort of three or four uh, blisters where they punch out all the medications they need to take in the morning or in the evening and so forth, um, uh, and, and, and that they be taken on time and, and the right circumstances, um, and that, uh, that uh, they don't forget to, to take doses. Uh, medication adherence and a, and a, a strict protocol so that um, the medication can do its job. Um, I think those are the types of things that, uh, you know, it's really almost like a nursing position. Uh, in, uh, but often it's, it's encouraged for people to stay at home, of course, as long as possible. So it's often in the uh, hands of the uh, husband or the wife to, uh, to manage uh, uh, patients' uh, medication. Pharmacists are there to help with that in any way possible. Right. Now, next one, regarding... This is a little more difficult, but regarding or controversial, regarding privacy of personal health information, what do you see as the most challenging of the challenges created for patients, for their families, and for their family caregivers? Bill? Yeah, well, of course, pharmacists like physicians or nurses or hospitals are governed by strict uh, strict privacy laws. They're, they can only share information with other healthcare providers and under and only for the purpose of uh, of uh, the benefit of the patient uh, no no information is to is to ever be let out to to anyone else. The only thing of course is that pharmacies are large there's a lot of computers, a lot of information flying around, and I think it's the case same case in the hospitals as well we've seen incidents in Canada here where personnel who work in hospitals who are i don't know secretaries or file clerks have access to that information and have uh, have revealed it uh, i don't think anybody it wasn't it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, the intention of any healthcare provider that happens but it, it did get revealed 
to for commercial purposes, and and it upset a lot of people. So I think, um, although pharmacists are very cognizant of this, they have to be very vigilant because there's a lot of people working in some of these very large operations, and there's a lot of personnel in there who are, you know, auxiliary personnel, technicians and assistants and so forth, who have access to that information, and it's very important that the pharmacists uh, you know, um, make certain that uh, the people understand that that privacy is a critical issue. Right. Now, I just want to expand a little bit on this question by referring to what can happen, um, not just in pharmacies, with pharmacists, but also in the healthcare system. And that is when, for example, the mother or father of a young person you know, in the early 20s, suffering from a particularly unfortunate mental illness, seeks help because the family caregiver senses that something's going wrong. They're sometimes met with the challenge, well, do you have power of substitute decision-making or power of attorney? And if they don't have it, the doctors, the psychiatrists, the psychologists can actually, apparently, um, be justified in refusing them information. Now, how does, would a pharmacist deal with that situation where a family caregiver comes in and says, look, my, my young daughter isn't doing very well on her medication. Any advice for me in this? How would a pharmacist deal with that? Bill? Well, I think... <laughs> They're really governed exactly the same way. You're really not. Uh, you're not supposed to discuss uh, people's medication with other other members without that, without permission, without power of attorney. However, common sense would dictate. You know, if the medication, if, 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 if to get to take from the example you just said, if the medication was some form of medication to deal with esophageal reflux, uh, sort of acid in the stomach or something, then I think the common sense would be that the pharmacist would say, oh, well, you know, are they taking it at the right time? Are they taking it with food? It's not a sensitive drug or it doesn't deal with a sensitive issue. However, if the drug was something that was more uh, dealing with mental health, then I think it would be more tricky to deal with because the person may not want, or, or, or let's say it involved birth control. Uh, you know, some other areas where there are more sensitivities about who or who knows what about that person. It, 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 it I think the circumstances would dictate what happens. But the uh, the uh, the predilection is to protect the people's the person's privacy and right. not discuss it. It's true. Now, just very quickly, because we've only one and a half minutes left for this particular question, but let me put it to you this way. Um, is there, could there be some kind of agreement, a three-party agreement between the pharmacist, the family caregiver, and the individual that, yes, regardless of what the bureaucracy says, it's okay for the pharmacist to provide information to my mother when she's concerned about me? Sure. Do you think there would be any future for that, what my old Scottish mother would call common sense approach? Bill, sure, and it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Uh, and uh, as long as you get the, that person's permission, uh, even if it's verbal, and you document it, then that's fine. I mean, it's clearly 
a matter of getting the affected person's permission to do that. If it's there, then obviously it makes it very easy to communicate with the caregiver and uh, nobody has to worry about it. But you have to have that permission. Right. Would you go so far as to have a form to be signed, do you think? You know, if you ask the regulatory bodies, they would say, get it in writing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and of course, if you ask the lawyer, you'd say, get it in writing three times. But um, but, uh, sometimes, you know, you have to use some common sense. Depends upon the the medication or the sensitivity of whatever, you know, whatever the issue is, I think. But, you know, if you can, it's probably a short note with a signature on it is always a good idea. Right. Because, you know, the onus will be on the, the health care provider to prove that he had that permission. If a legal issue arose, arose in the future, uh, you know, you're sort of guilty unless you prove yourself innocent, you know, the other way around. Right. Right. Now, once more, it's time for the break, so we'll take it now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Bill Brown. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Adoption changes a family forever, for the adopters as well as the adoptees. There are many adjustments that need to be made, from lifestyle to financial, and the personal rewards are unlimited. Listen every week for Your Adoption Coach with Kelly Ellison. We will examine in detail such topics as international and domestic adoption. We will talk with adoption professionals and hear stories about real families adopting. If you've been thinking about adoption or recently began the process, you'll want to tune in to be inspired every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety, with a weekly replay on Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Join host James Robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests. You'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of. It will educate, titillate, and enlighten your mind. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Bill Brown. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about pharmacies and pharmacists. Bill, now please let's talk about the ways in which patients, their families and their family caregivers get help with and overcome the challenges that people encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacies. So first of all, in what ways can patients get help to overcome the challenges they encounter encounter with pharmacists and pharmacies. Bill? Okay, this is uh, sort of my uh, second great area of interest, Gordon, and uh, sort of a pet peeve about the pharmacy and the pharmaceutical industry and the, uh, the whole area of medications. I think it's really, really important for people to inform themselves about health issues. Gone are the days when people would uh, blindly go to the doctor and take whatever. We have so much information available. Google can get you any, anything you want to know, maybe, uh, and knowledge about disease states. There's too much information, if anything else. But it's important that patients be informed on their own because, and I say this um, about, uh, you know, anybody who watches television uh, is inundated with commercials uh, constantly. And if you if you look at those commercials, you'll see that half of them usually deal with some body ailment, whether it's toenail fungus or dandruff, or it, it, there's a preoccupation uh, by the uh, over-the-counter drug and 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 uh, and health and beauty aid industry to be constantly selling and and pushing uh, for uh, patients, uh, the consumer really, to take all kinds of medications, and many of these medications are at best useless, uh, like homeopathy, or at worst, just a big waste of money, like natural health products or organic products and so forth. So really, the consumer, the patient, is living in a world where there's a lot of snake oil salesmen, and it's important for patients to be informed and, 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 and this is where pharmacists can play a very important part because most pharmacists, I'll say most because I can't speak for every one of them, have a high degree of integrity and they will tell the patient that in spite of the fact that that item is being sold in the pharmacy, uh, maybe on a shelf less than 10 feet away, it's useless. You know, products like fat busters, you know, and, uh, flu killers and all this type of thing, which, which, uh, fool the patient into thinking that there's an easy way out, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and they end up wasting their money. And worse, they take products that are not effective and then do not seek help for potentially serious ailments where there are medications or other modalities which would help them. Uh, diabetes, for example, is a perfect example. Obviously, you know, there's, there's medications that will treat uh, diabetes and insulin and so forth. If people start thinking they can eat, uh, you know, some weird root from some weird plant and it's going to make it all go away, then clearly their state of health could deteriorate very rapidly. So I say to the patient, beware. And beware everywhere, including the pharmacy, which unfortunately has a lot of products in it which are useless or harmful. And, uh, and I think it's important that the pharmacists be utilized to, uh, to uh, help the uh, patient sort themselves out, uh, sort, sort out uh, the good from the bad. Right. Now, in what ways can families and family caregivers get help to overcome 
the challenges they encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacists. You've already well, mentioned some of this, but please go over this again. Sure, you know it's important for the caregiver to uh, know what the uh, what the uh, what the patient is taking, what whether what their loved one is taking. You know, open up the medicine cabinet, and maybe you, know, you may be surprised uh, at the stuff that's in that medicine cabinet that. Uh, uh, they may have purchased on the internet, even you know, and uh, anything that comes from the internet, of course, is totally uncontrolled. And uh, so it's important to know, you know, what the, what the, what what the uh, what the loved one is taking, and uh, make sure that uh, that it's um, you know it's it's it's, it's complying with the other medications or other issues that are are going on in that patient's life. Um, it's it's quite common for uh, the caregiver to attend the med check review with the pharmacist and the patient, and 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 uh, have a thorough understanding of what each medication is for, when it should be taken, what should be avoided, um, and that sort of thing. So I think you know it's a resource. It's a good resource. Really, pharmacy is a bargain because most people can go into a pharmacy, ask all kinds of questions, and there's no fee. Um, there's no, there's no cost to it. Uh, very often, so um, it's it's the resource that's there and available for caregivers and patients uh, alike. Right. Now, third question is back to the privacy question, the privacy of personal health information. You've already covered quite a bit of this, but I'd like to go back over this because in many ways it can be so tricky for people um, just to figure out what they're entitled to know and what they're not entitled to know in particular circumstances. So, Bill, in what way can patients and their families and their family caregivers get help and overcome what I'm going to call the privacy challenges when they've a genuine need for information? Bill? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Gordon, Gordon, you and I have been friends for a long time. We share a very uh, strong feeling about privacy. So uh, take it from that perspective, uh, almost a militant perspective, <laughs> I, uh, I would encourage people to be very careful not to sign any waivers, uh, not to respond to any, uh, any of these uh, uh, websites which start asking for information on what you're taking and why and so forth. Uh, because there's a, there's a, a lot of value in what they call data mining. And, uh, and people, uh, you know, large manufacturers of products want to know these types of things so they can do a lot of direct marketing. Uh, so you have to be on your guard. It's very, very careful, just like anything else. Uh, in the same way as we're encouraged not to, you know, give banking information or social insurance information, uh, anything about your medication, uh, you have to be ultra careful because people will use that that information and not necessarily to the benefit of the patient. So be on your guard. Uh, you know, then there's some simple things. You know, be careful. Uh, people often uh, take their medications and they throw their containers in the garbage with the label on it, which has uh, their names, their <laughs> The drug they're on, it has a lot of information, and it ends up in the street somewhere uh, or in a dump and so forth. So, uh, you know, make sure you throw away all those things and dispose of them carefully. Anything with your name on it that has any any uh, information about your health or any about, about your medication and what you're taking. Uh, and also, don't ask for, don't hesitate to ask for privacy. If you're in a pharmacy and you want to ask a specific question, 
you can say to the pharmacist, I would like to speak to you in privacy. Uh, each pharmacy has to have a consulting room, and you can go in there, close the door, ask what you want without uh, fear of, uh, you know, a neighbor or somebody else listening over your shoulder about some matter that you don't want uh, to be made public. Right. Now, this is a leading question that comes out of the very theme of this show, Family Caregivers Unite, and it's this. Family caregivers enable their family members to stay at home. And apart from filling often the desire of the patient and the family to stay at home, it's very good for healthcare systems, both in Canada and in the U.S., because it's much less expensive than having people cared for, particularly for long periods, in healthcare facilities, in hospitals, and so on. Now, it seems to me, from what this is, this is my leading question. It seems to me then that the pharmacist, in the professionalism of the pharmacists, is a powerful ally for family caregivers looking after family members, particularly with difficult illnesses, um, because I'm getting the message from you, and I'm not challenging you on it, that pharmacists are professionals. They are able, they understand medication, that's basically their job, and that they're professional enough to give what they think is the best of advice to family caregivers, families, and patients uh, in difficult situations. Now, I've re really read you a lecture, and all I'm asking you is whether you agree with what I've just said uh, about the role of pharmacies, or pharmacists rather than pharmacies. I do, oh. but... Like any, like any other vocation or any field of endeavor, there are, there are the good and the bad and the ugly, you know. I think, and that's why it's important to, uh, realize that although pharmacists may have this knowledge, uh, they're not all, they're not all created equal. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, pharmacy's always had a bit of a problem because it's been a sort of a profession and it's been a business, a commercial activity at the same time. Uh, there are many pharmacists who really focus on the business aspects, and you know most of the new graduates that are coming out of university today are very, very highly, highly trained to be uh, to, to to follow a clinical clinical model, to be patient, uh, you know, empathetic with patients, and so forth. So, so I guess what I'm saying is I agree with it, but not every not every pharmacist is able to do that. So, like anything else, you have to you have to be careful and, and choose one that you are comfortable with, and who uh, who will um, who will give you that level of attention and care. And uh, generally speaking, you know, this is my opinion. You're not, you're going, you're less likely to find that type of uh, that type of care and attention in uh, you know these large drug drug food combos which are you know, mostly focusing on trying to increase the basket size and 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 and, and, and uh, focus on revenue generation so uh, but you know that's a personal opinion I think you um, you know patients and consumers have to you know find the pharmacist they want and there's plenty of them I would I'm not trying to say they're a rarity but but uh, they're not all created equal right and that leads to the question, very, very quick question. Do patients 
particularly speak about my pharmacist in the way that they used to speak about my family doctor. Bill? Yes, they do. They do. Uh, they do, uh, except, you know, there's a lot of pressure on uh, patients to switch pharmacies. You'll often see signs on the side of the road, you know, it's easy to switch pharmacies or or these uh, large uh, large businesses, food drug combos, I call them BPRs or big pharmacy retail, will uh, will encourage people to uh, bring their prescription and they'll get loyalty points, for example. You know, um, and, and, and of course this is terrible because often patients start to um, do things like, like for example, if they get 10 times the loyalty points on a particular day, uh, but they need their medication three days beforehand. They won't. They'll stop taking their medication for three days and get the prescription filled on the day that uh, they can get yeah. more loyalty yeah. points. In other yeah. words, their decisions become driven by sort of these commercial, um, you know, gimmicks, if you wish. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, again, the caregivers have to be careful that, you know. Because patients are funny, you know, they they get uh, this this area of loyalty points has been a big issue in Canada, and they've tried to stop it because it it creates bad behavior pattern. But, but these Bill, are big businesses, and they can lobby pretty hard. Yeah, indeed. Now we time's run out on us for this segment, so we're going to take the short break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Bill Brown. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. You are listening to 
Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Bill Brown. Our topic is what family caregivers should know about pharmacies and pharmacists. Bill, let's talk about what more you would like to do and to see done to advance the ways in which patients, their families and their family caregivers get help with and overcome the challenges that people encounter in their dealings with pharmacists and pharmacies. So first of all, what more would you like to do? Well, I'm a big advocate of uh, of the independence of pharmacists, uh, pharmacists who uh, make judgment calls on what they believe to be the right thing to do for the patients. Uh, unfortunately, many pharmacists work in large corporate environments where uh, such things as performance metrics, you know, drive the uh, the activity of the pharmacist. So. Um, certainly an area that I'm pushing very hard on is to get that independence back um, and, and, and ensure that pharmacists are, you know, behaving and, um, and acting out their profession in the way that they were taught, following the guidelines of their regulatory bodies and, uh, and not falling uh, privy to, you know, some of the pressure being uh, put upon them by large corporate employers. I think that uh, their their activity should be unbiased. That there should be no conflict of interest, and the focus should be singularly on the patient's welfare. So and that's an area I want to see improved, uh, and I will push on it. I'm 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 I'm, I'm a frequent blogger, and I blog very very hard and very frequently about uh, about that. So. Um, I think that addresses the first question, Gordon. Yes, it, yes, it does. So what more would you like to see well, done and by whom yeah. to advance the ways, you know, in which patients, families, family caregivers get help with the challenges? Right, right. Well, you know, anybody who would know me would uh, realize that it's, it would be strange for me to say I think we need more regulation <laughs> because I believe, <laughs> you know, sometimes that we have too much regulation. But in this case, I think government should be regulating more. I think there are too many products out there that are, as I mentioned before, that are totally useless and and harmful. And it's often the more vulnerable patients, the ones that are sometimes not as well educated, that seem to fall privy to purchasing these products uh, and and wasting their money, which they have, you know, too little of to begin with. Uh, on, uh, so I think governments need to be here in Canada. We're we're we're, we're scrutinizing Health Canada pretty hard these days, because they haven't done a, a good enough job in ensuring that uh, totally useless products do not get on on the shelves, and uh, and I think that's important. I think as well, there's uh, and this is a big difference between Canada and the United States. In Canada, we have regulatory bodies where. Professionals like physicians and pharmacists have self-govern, and I think these regulatory bodies—call uh, we call them colleges, colleges of physicians and surgeons, or colleges of pharmacists—need to take a stronger stance against uh, many uh, many of the abuses that uh, you know large non-pharmacist-owned corporations are uh, are doing, and I think that they very often. Uh, 
uh, have been uh, afraid or concerned about uh, you know the costly legal battles that might ensue. But if they're going to take the responsibility of protecting the public's interest, then they have to go all the way and ensure that they are doing that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I don't believe that they have done that uh, adequately enough. And they need to put a little more spine in uh, in their daily activities. Now, talking of spine, um, these professional colleges, colleges, regulatory bodies, um, in some instances, have the power to unlicense licensed professionals. That is to say, if the professional does something which is against the rules of the college or is to the disadvantage of people the, the professional is, ta- is providing care to, then the college has the power to say, we're pulling your license, just as they might do with a truck driver, for example, and you can no longer do pharmacy. Does that actually happen in a pharmacy? It happens, but far too rarely, uh, both, both with physicians and pharmacists, which I'm more familiar with. I don't know about the others. I think that uh, people are given way too many chances when uh, very often their transgression is very serious. I mean, it happens, but it has to be it, it's much more the um, the exception rather than the rule. I think that they should be uh, they should be more strict and they should be enforcing. Uh, I think a lot more people's licenses should be pulled. Let me let me say that. That's a personal opinion, but I I think that they've been too soft, and sometimes they're accused of. Uh, of, uh, of protecting the interests of the uh, of the profession, as opposed to what their real role, which is to protect the interests of the patient. That's why, that's why they're given that role by society uh, to be self-regulating. Right. Now, I want to ask you a quite different question, um, and it's to do with the work of this this show and the work I'm involved with. You see, right now, you and I are recording an episode of this show in which you've discussed a topic that is highly important for Canadians and their families who rely on pharmacists and pharmacies. The episode will be saved in an archive, meaning that anyone can listen to it at any time on any day from almost anywhere, not just in North America, but the world, just using the Internet. So... My question to you is this. Do you think that having more discussions like this one that we're just having, having more of those discussions in the archive would be helpful? And if so, how would it be helpful in advancing the roles of pharmacists in working with people who use their services and in particular with family caregivers? What do you think, Bill? Well, I think, you know, this whole area of pharmacy and pharmacists is evolving. Uh, it's a profession that's, you know, to a degree trying to find itself in, uh, in a very changing environment. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a takeaway here for, for the listeners is that, uh, as much as pharmacy is a, is, is a very important element of the healthcare system, um, you know, the patient to to uh, to a certain point, to a certain degree, has to also be cautious. Pharmacists in general are very uh, people of high integrity. They will give you the advice you need. They will give you the information you need, and they are dedicated to patients' welfare. However, there's a big conglomerate of pharmacies and big business and manufacturers of products which are really 
out there selling products just like any other any other any other you know food or 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 transportation or whatever and patients have to uh be aware that uh they need to be uh you know forewarned a little bit buyer beware get knowledge and uh and make the make make their purchasing decisions based on proper information and go to the pharmacist for that and not right. the television set Right. Now, just a quick question then, just a clarification. In other words, are you saying that discussions like we've just had would be useful for a wider public of families and patients to listen to if we have them all in an archive? Would they be useful or do you think not? Oh, absolutely. Everything I've said is not uh, for any particular age group. I think, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the young mothers purchasing products and services for children uh, is uh, just, it's just as important for them, you know. Right. A young mother right. with a sick child is vulnerable to to using the wrong products or the wrong uh, modalities, and uh, and uh, because they're under stress, just like anybody else, yep. you know, who wants to care for their their child. Good. Now. Unfortunately, we have to stop now, the tyranny of time. So thank you, Bill, for sharing with us your experience, your insights and your opinions and all success to you in this important work that you're doing with methadone and also in your what I'll call political social activism. I want to say thank you to our listeners. And I just want to say to our listeners that with Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Equalitative Research, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics such as the one we've just been listening to, and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. So please email me to hear more or to get involved. And also, if you'd like to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. Please email me at docg at familycaregiversunite, or one word, dot org. Our next episode will be services for needs of FASD children. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 